0: Welcome to episode 2 of Founders Again. Each week, we bring you an inspiring story of a startup and the founder behind it. And now please welcome your host, Ram. What's up everybody? In today's show, we talk to Alok Shankar, who is one of the co-founders of Nudge Spot. That is www.nudgespot.com. Nutspot aims to improve communication between businesses and customers and is certainly worth checking out as a tool. They also offer a basic and free tier for you to try out their software, which is a great boon to people just starting up. So go ahead and check them out, but after the show or maybe while listening to the show. How cool is that? A quick word of apology though. The show was recorded under less than ideal circumstances and you could continue to hear some noises in the background at some times. So please listen to the show for the content and I promise to keep improving the quality as time goes on. Okay, enough rambling, let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome to the show. I have personally been so pumped ever since I got the opportunity to do this podcast with you. For those who don't know Alok, he's had a string of successes behind him with his most recent being Zora, where he set up the entire offshore operation team in India and managed the team of almost 100. He's also the co-founder of Nutspot.com, which recently got a round of funding from KAE Capital. Personally, it's a great honor to meet somebody like you and thanks a lot for taking time out of your busy schedule to share your knowledge, wisdom and time with our listeners. Thank you, Alok, for being on the show.
1: Sure, pleasure to be here okay hello let's
0: first start with your journey before nutspot so can you can you tell us a bit more about your background and journey before you started
1: nutspot sure I've been you know developing software for I don't know since the age of fourteen got a I had started with some of the the early on basic computers and and had a lot of interest into developing some kind of like a basic games and stuff. Okay, okay. But then you know a, a true like an employment based career I started close 16 years ago. Mm. You know started uh, working with some of the. Cool startups in the Bay Area. Companies like uh, Tavolo, they got acquired by Amazon. We worked with a company like Digital Insight, eventually got acquired by you know uh, Intuit. Then I joined a startup in Mountain View called uh, uh, Zora, that was uh, just starting up, and uh, we were doing some kind of very. Cool high-tech stuff in terms of GPS and, and GIS mapping and, and, and trying to track the field workers, helping businesses okay. solve those problems. It was kind of, kind of very interesting, very early on of its time. Okay. And uh, we did scale up the team quite well. We established business in India. I was pivoted to doing that. Worked for quite a few years with that company. Then I moved on to working with a company called People Fluent, where I kind of, again, started from scratch build up their flagship product, build up their business in India, also manage you know, part of their business uh, in, in Europe. And then, that was another company that I worked for almost six to seven years. Okay. And uh, finally, you know, the, the bug bit me and uh, okay. decided to move on, right? So Raveen and I used to be kind of roommates back in California. Okay. And we also worked in the same company, so it. Uh, you know, okay. we started talking and I think some. we all had some great ideas. We've seen some of the customer communication problems in the past. So we decided that let's just, you know, try and solve one problem and here we are. That's great. So you just mentioned that Raveen and you were roommates, so
0: uh, were you studying together? Were you roommates when we were, you were working? How did you end up in California in the
1: first place? <laughs> well, so yeah, I mean, that, that was my first job really. I actually got a job working for one of the U.S. Embassy projects. And okay. that made me travel to Bay Area and uh, I, I met, actually I met Raveen the first time when uh, I think it was like we were just all partying around with the friends. Okay. And we all were like, you know, we just knew common friends and then We started to, you know, he used to, so Raveen and his friend used to come to me and my friend's house more often like having some beer around. So, and then one day we decided, hey, let's just, you know, we move into one big house. We actually took a big house, five of us shared the place and uh, Raveen had just just joined this uh, startup. So he... Convince me that that's the best place to go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> then, yeah, so we uh, There's a gentleman named uh, Ganesh, Panchanathan Ganesh. Okay. Uh, he was the CTO. Okay. So we spoke and uh, it was very early on. So we all okay. decided to just join and work the same company. So it's been an awesome ride uh, since then.
0: Okay, cool. So can you tell us exactly what is Nudge Spot and um, how did you you guys come up with this idea?
1: Okay, spot is primarily a customer intelligence and communication platform. You know, basically in the in the modern world of consumerization, where a consumer is kind of very impatient mm-hmm. into knowing anything, and you know, basically, so when you when you walk into a restaurant, for example, right, you already know the menu, you already know everything that they have, the kind of best-rated food and stuff like that, right. So you expect the businesses to know how they should interface with you, right? Okay. And consumers already know about the business and businesses don't know anything about them. And it actually creates a communication gap. So in today's world, it's basically uh, extremely critical. You know, if you want your, your consumers to come back to you over and over again, the only reason they will do that is how you basically interact with them. And in order to enable that interaction, we bring that to online businesses. Online businesses are kind of getting more and more impersonal, they, they, they mm-hmm. kind of have Uh, you know it's more about like sending these promotions sending these offers just blindly sending it off right what we are trying to do is hey control that communication make it more contextual make it more sensitive what state the person is in so that you can provide them a better experience so Nutspot as a platform allows you to connect your customers Mm -hmm. in a contextual manner and also be very responsive Uh when a customer reaches out to you okay so that's what we
0: enable okay so maybe as an example just today got a message from uh, Ola is one of your customers yes okay just today I got a message from Ola that we missed you you have not used our services for a long time and here's a coupon code for some hundred rupees off or something
1: so uh, is that an example of using your software or that's yes, not what we are no, that, that is true. Ola in fact uses us for all of their engagement efforts and this is one of the very basic examples, right? Mm-hmm. So if you want to have a proactive communication, the right time to reach you. So let's say Ola's example, if you have not used their services, if you have been a regular user of their services, suddenly you drop off. Right. Now by the time the seven days elapses, I think you're pretty much at the edge, right? right? Now, Ola has spent probably a lot of money overall to acquire you. Right. They, they shouldn't want to let you go away so quickly. So they reach out to you subtly at the right point in time to say, hey, you know, you're perhaps, is there something that we can do? Did you know that there is another service that's coming up right. in your particular area that could mm-hmm. interest you? Let's say you have not responded to that message. I'm not going to keep on spamming you. Right. I'm going to reach out to you at a most appropriate time, maybe seven days later. Okay. And then start to give you some kind of incentive for you to come back to us okay okay and that's what they do
0: that's great so how how did you guys come up with this idea in the first place
1: Right. So, in fact, we look at it, the businesses, right? And we have been in, in this field of developing product for businesses and consumers. Raveen comes from a background where he has dealt with a lot of consumer-facing fa- companies like um, like Mintra, Upos, and, and he has seen that part of the world where how critical and how, how important it is to continue to communicate with the customers and how right. easily it can completely get out of hand. You have no idea what your ha- one hand is doing the other hand. Right. Uh, same I bring in from the business background where I, I've had, A lot of my customers have been kind of business customers. Although I have worked with some of the consumer startups in the Bay Area, I've seen this problem consistently across every business. The way you end up communicating with your customers or consumers... Right. Right. Is the only reason that eventually they come back to you because you know sometimes the wrong communication can put them completely off. True. Right. True. So instead of, it's sometimes better to not to send the communication than to send the communication. Yeah. We help yeah. you decide when to not to send the communication. Okay. Well. Okay. So so that's 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 where and and I think it's a collectively we saw this as, as a problem and we started with the Indian market and we are expanding to to the U S and European. Okay. But in India, I see that because of the vast flourishing consumer kind of uh, internet companies that are coming up today, the amount of communication has been overwhelming. Right, right? right. And it's kind of problem that I think we, it's the right time to start solving.
0: Okay, okay, that's brilliant. So for our budding founder listeners out there, can you tell us maybe not exactly from Nutspot's perspective, but since you, you guys have been with a lot of startups and have been also to a lot of different startup events and stuff like that, how exactly do you come up with a winning idea? <laughs>
1: There is nothing called a winning idea, honestly speaking. You know, the ideas are plenty and you wouldn't believe it. I've been almost thinking about starting for more than 10 years Mm -hmm. and here I am, right? And start up at at a stage where you kindly, you know, pretty much rip yourself up. There are plenty of ideas. They will sound very interesting, Mm -hmm. but you very soon realize that you're the only person probably finding. (laughs) So the winning idea is basically it all lies in the initial execution, right? I mean, the most winning idea is the simplest problem. Take one small little problem Mm -hmm. and solve it extremely well. Okay, and and that'll definitely stand out.
0: Okay, okay. So that's kind of the Paul Graham Y combinator school of thought, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's uh, and it holds good. Okay. Okay, so that nicely brings me up to my next question, which is okay, I now have an idea, or maybe one of the listeners out there has a nice idea and they have validated it, they have talked to friends, you know, and they are able to see that there is some value in it. Now, what do they do in order to make the idea into a reality? How do they execute it?
1: Right. I mean, execution is everything. You know, one, one of the thing is is basically, obviously, you know, getting your friends to vouch for it is is great, but not sufficient. You obviously need to have to figure out whether somebody is willing to pay for it. Right. And, um, you know, although we do have like a free tier kind of plan, we're always against this whole uh, concept of somebody is not willing to pay. It's probably still not yet validated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the starter execution, I would say, you know, focus on the core of the problem, Mm -hmm. try to release something very simple, very minimalistic, mm-hmm. and test out, test mm-hmm. out with your audience, right? Mm-hmm. Even with our subscription kind of service product, we look at it, we have done a lot of legwork. I, mean, I must have talked to close to a thousand people mm-hmm. over the last one year, met with them in personally, trying to understand their business problem, trying to to adapt the product and see whether it really works for them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of very gradual process, uh, very, very laborious, but you can get a lot of mileage right from the beginning mm-hmm. when your offering is extremely simple simple. Mm-hmm. So you, you get a very concrete yes and no kind of directional move and adapting in the next or finding out your next step. But if you build a lot in the beginning, it's, it's gonna be very hard for you to find what's the next thing that you should do. Right,
0: right. Okay, so yeah, this kind of reminds me of an uh, interview that I listened with uh, somebody called Ramit Sethi. I'm not sure if you have ever I mean, offered no this No, somebody from the US. So what he says is that once you have a product, If you are able to find five people who say, yes, I will pay for it and it should be a solid yes. It's not, maybe I'll pay for it or let the product come, I will likely pay for it. No, (laughs) this is a product, would you pay for it? And if you get yes from five different people, that means that you have a product. And like you say, I think uh, coming up with uh, the basic product, the basic form of the product I think uh, is is a good tip I I would say
1: yeah absolutely we did the same thing and when we launched it we actually had three guys Ready to pay for it and waiting for it to be ready. Okay. So and and that's what actually encouraged us to say, okay, if this sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and start to build that. And I mean, these are the guys you typically call angels, right? I mean, angel right. adopters. They were very patient. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of hiccups in the beginning, as okay. usual. And we continued to kind of, you know, we appreciate the, the, the kind of, you know, they, they have kept up kept up with us. They're still our customers. You can we continue to extend the the discounted pricing to them. So right. some of these things that come. As a reward uh, for their initial coping up with us right? but it's important to find these kind of people right and you know mm-hmm. and, and you can only do that if you talk to people right uh, right
0: so okay so just want to touch a little bit more on uh, releasing the minimum viable product I think that's the term that's used a lot of people I think are so keen and so interested on making their product the best that they are almost afraid that okay, if I release a product and it's shitty, mm-hmm. for want of a better word, yeah. even if it's a paying customer, they are scared that
1: okay, it might fail. So, what do you have to say about that? Well, so there's nothing personal about it, right. If somebody thinks something is is a different problem, I really don't care about what an individual as an individual thinks, right? Mm-hmm. The Core is whether you're solving that problem for them or not, mm-hmm. right? And believe me or not, even if your product doesn't have a good user interface, mm-hmm. uh, people will continue to use, you know, in your shitty product, right? Mm-hmm. They will continue to use a shitty product if it solves the problem for them, mm-hmm. and that's the key, right? If you just have like a basic, you know, table HTML table design and have some data pushing and it solves the problem, you don't need those high, like you know, this sleek looking, transient. I mean, you don't want to invest into those things unless it's proven. Mm-hmm. I would say people like to see their problem being solved, mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you, you get carried away and say, hey, this is a high profile guy. He should see that something more meaty exists mm-hmm. in my product. Now, sometimes the form of creating that meat you create a fat, <laughs> okay. and that's actually the
0: problem. Okay, so yeah, okay, that's brilliant. I love it. Just let's move on a little bit on to a personal question. So we all hear about founders sacrificing, you know, uh, family time in order to succeed in business and you have a four-year-old son and a eight-month-old daughter so how do you manage uh, family and business also considering the fact that your wife would have been pregnant uh, with your daughter
1: during the formation of Nudge Spot if i'm getting my timelines right <laughs> no, no you're right in fact i have a I have a 4 year old uh, daughter and another eight uh, month old daughter oh okay sorry uh, sorry uh, yeah I, <laughs> I i think i got it as 4 year old son. okay sorry No, that's all right that's uh, all right they're they're, they're they're pretty there you know I, I try and find time to be with them in fact i happen to just sometime get my get my work home i've got like a one room reserve for my myself and okay. sometimes come time come walking in when I'm on the calls and stuff like that. So it's challenging, it is kind of uh, tricky. You know, when we start, you have to be prepared to like miss out all the parties, miss out some of the time with the family. Your, your customers are going to be your next best friend, believe it or not, right? Okay. Um, you know, end up spending so much time with them. So it's better to, you know, learn to adopt with them, right? Right. Uh, my wife's been great. She's, uh, she's a wonderful lady. She She's managed through a lot. She, you know, she, she supports me a lot too. And, uh, and I, I, you know, it's like, yes, you will miss the family, but I think it's for the best. So yeah, I try and find as much time as possible. Maybe at least uh, take a couple of days uh, off in a month and try and mm. spend some time. But it is hard. Oh,
0: <laughs> it's hard. So there's no no getting around it. Because yeah. I, I had another interview with somebody and you were saying the same thing. I mean, there's no getting over the fact that, you know, uh, it's, it it's,
1: yeah, it's it's tough. Actually, yeah, it's actually tough from that point of view. I, I somehow feel like, hey, I could have just started 10 years ago. Right would right. a lot more easier. Yeah. When you have family, it becomes, uh, you know, you, you have that guilt, you get in a guilt trip, right? Right. So you're probably not doing something right. You know, when you're taking time away from family, what the time that they deserve from you. But uh, hoping that, you know, things uh, starts to become better. Mm. So a little aside on that is now there are a lot of entrepreneurs who
0: are just out of college and, you know, they don't have wife, kid, you know, no EMIs to pay, <laughs> no, no house EMIs, car EMIs. And, uh, you know, they, they boldly go into this starting their own ventures. But... People like me and you, maybe we are a little bit late into the game. So, what kind of advice would you give for for
1: such people? Yeah, I think it's, it all depends on like individuals, right? I mean, I don't think age is really concern. It's the timing, right? Timing when you think it's right, when you are ready to uh, really go roll with it. Mm-hmm. My only advice is, if you think that you're ready, you should not delay. Like, just get on with it and uh, and and try it out. And if if you like something, you know, wh- by all means, why not, right? Uh, you're just out of college and there's something bugging you, let just, you know, just get over with it and uh, and at least you will learn you will learn a lot, I think, you know experience is the best teacher, right I right. mean, there is nothing else that will teach you better right. uh, if you're thinking like, you know so, uh, I remember everybody like pushing, hey, why don't you do an MBA, why don't you do a PhD and like, well, I, I straight away jumped to a job and that taught me a lot and in fact over the last couple of years, I always realized that, hey, so much I was missing, right, right. even though I had built the like, like working for almost 16 years, you uh-huh. always have something to learn every day. And, right. uh, so, it's all about a learning experience. If you're a curious kind, if you're more entrepreneur, right. I would say just jump right in.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so your advice would be don't delay if, if you take... Yeah, okay. Excellent. Nutspot uh, was started with uh, three other people apart from you, right? So, tell me a bit more about your co-founders and... Uh, How's the chemistry between you guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderful. They're, they're great
1: guys. Uh, Raveen, well, you go a long way back. So I think that's the, you know, it's kind of much to say there. We've uh, kind of been on for a really long time. been very close. Even families are very close. Anubhav, I met through Raveen. Anubhav and Raveen used to work at... Uh, at Hoopos uh, together. So I know Anubhav, and now I know that I know Anubhav. So I'm glad that I know Anubhav. So he's, okay. he's an amazing guy, you know, a great tech, takes care of technology in our company and, uh, you know, very easy to get along. Suresh is another wonderful guy. Okay. Again, Suresh used to work at ThoughtWorks. We have some common connections with some of the friends that we've worked with in the past. You know, very, very sharp guy. In fact, nutspot. The earlier avatar of NetSpot was started by Suresh, and you know we basically kind of killed the older product. We started afresh. We started this company, so this is like a new company that we incorporated, but we kept the same name. And Suresh has a lot of experience into you know he's been into the startups mode for quite long times. So, you know he's been sort of like mentoring me as well in the beginning. To how to think about you know uh, mm-hmm. from the Indian context startup you know mindset and uh, he's, he's a great guy I think we work we, yeah, and I, I personally respect all these guys uh, okay. very much and uh, okay. they are great. Yeah. Okay so time
0: for a difficult question so can you tell us a story about an extreme disagreement between you guys on the NutSpot product of course and how did you manage to solve the problem? Surely there must have been some disagreements.
1: Of course, there is nothing like disagreements. I think we have had a lot of disagreements in the beginning and that's part of the process. I think, you know, when a lot of these guys come from great experience with them, mm-hmm. there's obviously going to be a very defined point of view on, on how we want to move things forward. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are quite a few things that we agree on. In the beginning, we had some disagreement in terms of how we want to go out from MVP and get into one direction. Right. How do we position the product, right? So so we started with the first. We we start. In fact, the first version of the product that we started with Mm -hmm. was you know it comprised of certain features which were more about providing context, providing you know the communication line between the business and the app, Mm -hmm. and. We built that product, we built that feature, we actually retired that feature. Mm-hmm. And today, the need of the hour is we actually bringing it back aggressively. And, and, and today, we sit together, hey, dude, we should have done that, and we would have carried on with that particular. So we, we pivoted right. product depending on how we saw the market, how mm-hmm. we heard from the customer. As we got more customer, we started to realize more things. Mm-hmm. So there were like, there were state where we were kind of speculating, where you know, there was state that we were trying to be very kind of cautious around what the next step to take which ones make more sense, which one is best uh, mm-hmm. you know, use of time and mm-hmm. the use of time mm-hmm. for employees so we've had some kind of disagreements there where we all kind of have very positive kind of conflicts so to speak, right, right. We, we, we get into a coffee shop we'll probably spend like hours together and trying to come to the same page and eventually we do I mean that's a, that's a beautiful part of it so I think it's all the effort worth it so those were initial stages where we had quite a few of those disagreements Okay. but nowadays I think we're pretty much every Everybody is in sync. Everybody knows the way the other person thinks about it and okay. uh, this is the right, right state to be in. That's great. So, uh, just quickly I wanted to just check on um, the name Nutspot. So, what does it signify? Yeah, Nutspot is it's a lot to do with uh, having your customers take the next right steps. Right and we call them just nudge and right. uh, the the nudge word came in basically to the kind of behavior tracking that we do basically we we build the customer intelligence and then we enable businesses to actually nudge their customers to take the next right step so if you're like an online you know company which is delivering your Product or services online, right? You would want your customers to keep moving into the right direction, into using your product more, right? And knowing more about your product, using them more, and becoming eventually becoming a champ of the product. So then they, you know, start to get more and more people, and you have an organic growth, right? So for ourselves, like if you take an example, we want people who are signing up. It's a self-service product. Okay. We want people who are signing up to be able to publish their first message within seven days. Okay. Now if they don't do that, it's basically there are a few reasons for it that they couldn't do that. Maybe they just didn't get it. Mm -hmm. How to do that? Maybe they need some more help. So we execute a communication strategy that nudges them to do that. Maybe we'll just ask them a question. Hey. Did you know that you could do something like that? Does it help you? And if it doesn't respond, then you know, we can say, okay, you know what, here are the three tips to engage better with your customers. And these are some of the sample templates that you could use. So we're trying to be more contextual at that point in time. And once they have published their first message, Mm -hmm. my intent now from my business point of view is to move them to the next direction, which is continuously use it repeatedly over and over again, right? right? define your first behavior. Maybe that's your next step, right? right. Then now you, you're, So, you're gradually becoming an advanced. You're nudging towards Okay. becoming more advanced, user of the product, consumer of my services and stuff like that. Okay, okay. Brilliant. So, what's the minimum number of customers
0: that a business needs to have in order to use your product.
1: We have designed our product to be more like a startup friendly. So we have small and medium sized businesses who can come in and use our product. We have a free tier which is intended to be like just for startups who are just getting started. You may have like there's no minimum limit to it. Right. But the moment you reach like 200 plus, you pretty much come out of the free tier. Okay. Uh, 200 customers is kind of very low number. Uh-huh. And we know like you know quite a few companies will just offer like hundred thousand minimum and stuff. This they're more designed for email marketing and, and those kind of campaigns. Ours is more like a contextual, triggered messages and continuous engagement kind of solution. So we want customers to become a lot more serious the moment you become more 200 more. So we have like startup plans, the entry points, okay. which gives you like a sort of a $39 plan that gives you up to 5000 And then we have like a tiered based okay. pricing approach. Okay. Okay. This is great.
0: Is there a morning ritual that you follow and if yes, can you share that with our
1: listeners? Well, the morning uh, walk is one thing that we do regularly, uh-huh. You know, that's especially the time that I uh, get some time to spend with my kids and obviously then that ends up being like them getting ready, rushing through, my wife is rushing through, trying to get them ready for their school right. and I make sure that uh, I walk them to the school bus, so that's one kind of ritual that I follow. Okay. <laughs> Other than that, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of pretty the day changes every day pretty much right oh, yeah. I mean uh, now we've started getting customers from all over the world so sometimes people don't even see the time at what time they're calling you right and right. they reach out for some of the help and stuff and we don't we're not really like we are product companies so right now we are like 10 people right and uh, so we you know it's kind of sometimes you do get disturbed right right and, uh, it's, it's totally changes the routine and right. even the weekend is kind of not free, so. Okay,
0: okay. I love the fact that you're using the getting your kid yeah. to the bus as as a <laughs> as a ritual. I mean, it probably helps you relax, and you know, yeah. uh, the days I mean, you do that,
1: I'm sure <laughs> you're very productive. Yeah, and the, the terrible part is that by the time I come back from office and get to home, they're pretty much asleep. So that's the only time that I get, and it fills in a lot of energy, a lot of joy by right, to, to start your day with. Okay,
0: okay, brilliant. Can you tell us something about yourself that is not commonly known? Could be business wise, could be personal wise?
1: There is nothing very special about me, honestly speaking. I am just one of the regular guys. I, you know, usual kind of likings. I I like to travel a lot. I've pretty much traveled, you know, half of the world. Wow. Uh, So uh, I've done that a lot, you know, even with my wife I've done a lot of travel. Like, I'm a hoodie, and there's nothing so different about it. But I pretty much uh, tried uh, all the cuisines that I love, and okay, that's that's, that's 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 great. Yeah, I'm I'm sure
0: people don't know that about you unless they are your close <laughs> friends. Just want to touch a little bit on um, inspiring listeners. You know, we all know that uh, you know startups are not a walk in the park, and uh, there's a lot of negative message also in the media about startups and the uh, founders. You know, going through a lot of stress, quitting. Uh, stopping the startups and going back to regular jobs and stuff like that. So, uh, where do you personally get your inspiration from, and uh, what would you advise our listeners to do in order to get inspiration?
1: I'm um, sure. I think. See, it's it's not really a marathon, right? I mean, it's just like. I mean, I know you, you hear a lot of success stories you hear a lot of like you know sudden funding and, and you know like big see startup is more about it's an art and a science both right you got to take you know, you you've got to execute you got to take calculated steps and go slow right, right. Uh, go really slow and you know don't depend too much on luck right i know that you know sometimes your things may just fly well because of the timings maybe your luck you were in the right place in the right time but right. just try to maximize your chances you know by just being as many places as possible you know in in terms of what your business demands but if you just run too fast in the beginning you might just get tired and that that's when I've heard the stories too many people like you know generally like 98 percent of them basically just shut down every every year so that's a very discouraging number right but if you really execute it well keep the momentum very rhythmic and kind of don't burn yourself out I think you, uh, you're gonna do well okay
0: so so maybe one of the tricks could be celebrate every
1: little success also, right? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. You, you do that. In fact, like every time somebody like sign up or, you know, every time something, you know, that goes right, you should celebrate that. And uh, and those are the things that will help you, right? I mean,
0: brilliant. Can you tell us about an extreme low point in your business and how you managed to overcome it and the lessons you learned from that experience?
1: What we have been quite young. I mean, we haven't had any extreme low point in the business. In fact, our revenue has just been going like uh, at a a steady pace. So we launched in November last year, we already do close to a quarter million dollars and it's been on a rising curve. So we are yet to see the low point and, and, you know, while I'm very optimistic, I know every business sees that. But you know. so far i think we have been seeing uh, a good growth good traction okay. close to 160 businesses less than a year using our product is is kind of kind of good obviously we could have done better but uh, yeah i mean as of now no uh, okay. Okay. but i think it's been like i said i mean we could have done better and that statement itself shows that i could have run faster and then i could have had a low point okay right?
0: so maybe is there something else in your career like to share. Oh, yeah
1: it's kind of interesting. I haven't had that kind of story. So I'm, uh, interesting. Yeah I mean it's not like I don't have that kind of story. Oh. I mean, We've had, we had a you know up and low points but it's not been like a really low point as such. Even my career has been like you look at my LinkedIn profile and stuff. Look at it. I started as a programmer. I continued to work upwards the usual path that you travel, like being a soft, senior software engineer, being a, being a project lead, then being to a development manager, then senior manager, director of engineering, director of India operations, okay. director of European operations, so pretty much been through this entire gamut of career and, and that's where I was like, okay, if I just stick a little bit longer, it's just going to be what SVP of something and, 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 and but but it's just, you know, and then you start getting your gray hairs, right? right? And and I have been working continuously. I have not like uh, I started my career, continued to work, and never took a break. Okay. And uh, maybe that's the low point. Maybe that's (laughs) the (laughs) low point.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But uh, I mean, uh, I'm happy that you haven't really had any major low points because it might be good to hear those stories. But the person had to go through a lot of trouble, uh, you know, to turn defeat into victory. So Uh, touching. Back a little bit more on Nutspot, can you talk a bit more about the business model? You already obviously talked about the tiered model, so is there anything more that you'd like to add on to that and also what is the future that you
1: envision for Nutspot? Sure, so, so we target businesses and we charge based on active subscribers that the businesses end up engaging in a given month. Our model is pretty straightforward. It's a no contract, a no uh, you know. Uh, if you, you like your product, as long as you like, use the product. If you derive value, use the product. Stop using, don't pay us. As simple as that. Because very, we are very confident that once you start using the product, you will find value and you will start expanding into your use. So that's the that's the model that we follow, and it's kind of uh, you know, c- come online, self service, sign up, and start using and we continue to experiment with pricing too right i mean till last last year when we launched we had like a different kind of pricing but now i think we started to offer sort of like a free tier where we wanted to get at least to help out these startups community and and to start have them start using the product and uh, as they grow you know and they and they come into the, in the pricing tier we sometimes even wave it off uh, for them uh, for people who come back and say, hey you know what 39 is too expensive i said don't worry about it if you can you know and we even reach out to them help them out do some integrations and stuff like that on a, on a bigger broader vision of where we are today and where we want to be we want to basically transform completely the way businesses communicate with their customers. Mm-hmm. And we want to be sort of a direct line between business and customer. So today, if you start, I mean, we, we are actually going to be introducing two-way conversation very soon. So you can virtually start to help out your customer no matter where they are. So mm-hmm. let's say they start to reach out. They come into your product. They sign up. And then they they, they run into some difficulty into onboarding, right? Maybe using your first feature. Right. And they reach out to you. You should be able to respond and then continue on that conversation no matter where they are. So they continue, you know, to be on their mobile device, your conversation continues, right? Right. And not only that, as a business, anybody in your team will continue to pick it up from where you left off right, right. Uh, so this gives like an end customer experience uh, is, is a direct connect with the customer right I mean the way your business ends up communicating with your customer is the single most reason that they will come back to you right again and, and today's uh, businesses are challenged with actually making that possible simply because the channels are many, customers are just everywhere now, right? It's kind of ubiquitous, right? There are so many platforms, there are so many devices, right. there are so many apps that you can communicate within. Right. So it's very hard to really keep track of where the customer is and how can I keep my communication channel open with them. So, yeah, in a nutshell, this is where we want to be. And um,
0: Okay.
1: That's great. Um, any books or resources for our... Budding entrepreneurs. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I used to be a very avid uh, book reader when I was young. I okay. used to read a lot, uh, mostly like fiction, novel, and stuff like that. Okay, uh, but. More recently honestly speaking i haven 't really got a chance to really catch up on my books. Okay. I know there are some of the books initial part of my career right you know demonstrate to win and some of those kind of books that that you start to read and, and very soon I realized that i 'm spending i think i 'm better off to just switching on to the tech talk okay. uh, yeah I, I love those like some of those talks are like amazing, and especially there is so much of content on internet that you end up uh, you know getting inspired from right you know so i keep hunting for those now i mean right. i'm basically you know hard to say but i'm almost moving away from books right uh, i think it's simply because i've not been getting a lot of vacation you get into a vacation you just carry a book all the time right right uh, but mostly whatever time that you uh, can squeeze out from work like you know sometimes 15 20 minutes you just turn on a, on, a, on a TED Talk channel and then you're on and I like to read Wikipedia, any topic that just bothers me at any point in time, right. I just like to, like to read about it and um, okay, okay. so it's kind of very sporadic. Okay,
0: okay so 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 you, you kind of recommend TED Talk? Uh, TED
1: Talk, yes, absolutely, they're amazing.
0: Okay, brilliant.
1: Any other interests
0: that you actively pursue when you have some spare time?
1: If you have some spare time, <laughs> I, I I like to I like to play like you know some of the like um, the racket balls. I I play like uh, table tennis with with my friends when I take, uh, find some time. I play pool, billiards. Sometimes just simply play frisbees oh. with my daughters. Okay, but okay. that's that's pretty much about it. Not much into this whole cricket and things like that. Okay. So, with the experience
0: of Nutspot behind you, and I think it's about a year now?
1: Yes, a little more than a
0: year that we started. For the first launch of the product, the product is in the market for a little less than a year. Okay, let's consider that it's one year and with this experience behind you, what would you do different, let's say, if you had to start the same Nutspot today?
1: That's an interesting question because you could always uh, improvise, look back and say, hey, I could have done this differently. In fact, the two-way conversation that I was talking about, if I were to redo that, I would go back in time and actually do that first. Uh, okay. Because if I look at it, in today's businesses have more of a need to communicate in that manner. We started strengthening a lot on our one-way communication. We, in fact, scaled it up that we do like auto-server scaling that crunches real-time data. Today, we do like 250 million activities crunching on a monthly basis okay. just to scale the one-way conversation. Mm-hmm. But the effective value that a business derives is kind of half. Right. And uh, if I were to really go back and do that, I would have built the two-way as an MVP and start to... Explore more in the market. Okay. That, that's that's very interesting,
0: right? Because it was taken out of the product, like you
1: mentioned. Yeah, already. yeah, yeah. We actually just stopped uh, at one point and said, okay, you know what? Let's just you know because. You know, part of the reason is that you start to get some of the customers who end up finding a lot more value into what you know they're doing and initially you have to do a lot of listening with the customer, right? Right. And then we started to solidify that and that worked to our advantage and that gave us pretty good revenue to start with. But then we look at now bigger masses, the bigger play that we are missing, right? And when some of the customers started coming back to say, hey, did you have this, do you have this now? Now started using it. So, more or so I think it's naturally evolving in a cycle but obviously you want to win the game you will say okay let me just go back in time and do that (laughs) right to the beginning. So you always uh, will look at that but I think we have come in a more organic way and I I like the way we are today. Okay, okay, brilliant. So I just have one uh,
0: final question but before we go on to that question how can our listeners get in touch with you apart from uh, your official email? Do you have a blog, you have a LinkedIn handle,
1: Twitter handle? Yes, I mean, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm there. I mean, you can also uh, tweet me at uh, uh, Alok underscore Shankar. I've got, I'm on Facebook. I'm sure you'll find me. Okay. Uh, just say Alok Shankar uh, nice spot. I'm sure you'll be able to find me there. Okay,
0: okay. Brilliant. So before we go on to the final question, I just want to take the time and acknowledge you and thank you for sharing your knowledge to myself and our listeners. I'm also very grateful for the value that you're adding into this world and into the e-commerce system by means of your company. So thanks a lot for that. And with that, we'll move on to the final question. So if there is one Gyan that you could give our would-be founders, what would that be?
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, there there are plenty that you would hear about, but I would say being someone who, uh, a company which is transforming the way businesses communicate, I would say the way your business ends up communicating with your customer is probably the single most reason that they will come back to you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it holds true. Pretty much, whether you do it through the software or you do it in person, mm-hmm. so have that uh, communication channel on with your customers, mm-hmm. and 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 please communicate more contextually, and uh, you know, and I'm sure they'll keep coming back to you. Brilliant. So
0: more to do with communication and a bit of support also, maybe a good good support system in place.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that we are pretty much known for. I think we just uh, walk pretty much our customers by hands and. And take up the call any time of the day. I mean, you really have no control of your day when you're in this. Okay. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you
0: uh, so much, Alok, for your time. It was a real pleasure chatting with you and uh, I wish you continued success in your business. Uh, Thank you very much, I really appreciate it. That's it, folks, for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you found it inspiring and useful. So, please go ahead and share it with your friends, your colleagues, people, whom you think would find the show useful using one of the nifty icons below. If you would prefer to email, the link is foundersgyan.com EP02. I'll be back next week with yet another great entrepreneur, yet another great startup, yet another great story. Till then, you know what the show is all about. It's about getting inspired, taking the first step. Please go ahead and do that today. Thank you.